0: Welcome back to We Are the Queen Podcast. I am one of your hosts, April, and my lovely cousin Sarah. Sarah, how was your first official week of school? Oh
1: my gosh. It was actually pretty amazing. So I'm just ending my second week of classes. It's already going by so quickly. I know. I'm already like starting the materials for week three. <laughs>
0: I feel bad because I thought this was your first week of school. I can't keep track of anything I know, time anymore.
1: Time just like going by so quickly. I was like barely starting the first week of class when we recorded last time. So you're forgiven. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, no, the second week has gone really well. Um, am I, I'm taking an introduction class. So that one's like just the very basics of the counseling profession. And this last week was all about self-care and the character strengths that I already possess that will make me a good counselor. So I had to like take a strengths profile and write about, you know, the things that I'm strongest in, like fairness is my number one strength. Are you surprised, April? (laughs) No, no, I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) Going back to that story of you and Chris arguing and I'm like standing in the middle of you guys and I'm like, can't we just all get along? Okay. 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 Just calm down, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really interesting uh, to go through in the lens of like, oh, these are characteristics and like personality traits that I already have that will make me a good counselor. And then it was you know, also about identifying areas where I need to grow and get stronger. And one of those is bravery. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a very cautious person. Although I did contradict it a little bit in my analysis because I was like, I've done some very brave things in my life, including going to graduate school. (laughs) Like, I had been thinking about this for so long and I could have just not, you know, pursued Um, a master's degree at all I could have just continued what I was doing but no I was brave and I said this is what I want so I'm already working on improving
0: (laughs) good work Sarah thank you we we myself and the audience we applaud your bravery keep going you've got this all that (laughs) jazz it's hard but it's awesome at the
1: same time (laughs) I'm practicing And then in my other class, we're talking about um, multicultural, you know, clients like um, the counseling profession right now is big on social justice, social change. You know, we're going to be counseling people that are different uh, than ourselves. And so how do we um, approach techniques in a way that's going to be inclusive Um, And I love that. Like that really gives me this warm, fuzzy feeling that I've chosen this career that is giving me this avenue to live life the way that I see the world. And it's all about making the world a better place. And I'm like, heck yes, social justice.
0: (laughs) The American way. Yeah
1: everyone needs a counselor you get a counselor you get a counselor (laughs) you get a counselor it's awesome (laughs) so I'm hoping that I'll take this like warm fuzzy feeling throughout my entire experience in graduate school and I'm like hopefully all the classes will be this awesome and warm and I'm sure they will be but it's also like that fear of like oh crap things are gonna get real hard in a little bit (laughs) and really challenging
0: Sarah could you imagine looking under your seat and then there's a counselor there I get a counselor oh my god (laughs) Oprah
1: (laughs) you missed an opportunity oh my gosh speaking of Oprah and mental health actually I am going to look this up while uh um while we're talking here she has just come out with a new book that she wrote with a like a psychiatrist or a psychologist or something hold the phone i gotta look this up because i really want to read it it's called what happened to you conversations on trauma resilience and healing gotta read this book i'm super excited
0: i know i need i don't <laughs> know when i will read it but i, I will read it at some point it's so funny in like the last few months You've sent me a book I need to read. My mother-in-law has sent me a book I need to read. My mom sent me a book that I need to read. I'm just like, I am swamped with reading. I know. I can't do it. Like I will read them eventually. I'm just like, I don't know when.
1: I I know. I I had to, so for one of my assignments this week, I I had to actually write a self-care plan and like sign and date it (laughs) because they're like, girl, grad school is hard. (laughs) You have to take care of yourself. So we're going to make you agree to take care of yourself. Um, and, and one of the things I put in there as like a self-care thing that I want to try is reading for fun again, which I kind of got back into, but then I started grad school. So I haven't really read for fun in a little bit. Um, And so I know I'm trying to figure out ways I could integrate that in. I used to read like before bed a lot, like read a fun book. So I'm kind of thinking about trying that again and just reading for like 20, 30 minutes at a time Um, because I do think it's good. Mm -hmm. Then that means I want to try to find like fiction or something that's like, I would love to read this book by Oprah, but I'm also like, this is also very related to school (laughs) and what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that's the greatest bedtime reading. (laughs) So this might be a book that I save for like a break between quarters, I
0: think. But don't be like me and read Stephen King right before bed. That was the biggest mistake of my community college days. that's not a good idea i read misery at night (laughs) by stephen king you just bring it upon yourself i do i I make (laughs) terrible choices so now i am educating others to not make the silly same mistakes that i did (laughs) when i was young oh my gosh Yeah, like I'm actually
1: considering, like I I was at Target the other week and, you know, they have in their book section, like, you know, the beach reads, the summer reads and stuff. I'm like, maybe I should just start doing that, like pick up like a cheap book that is like supposed to be, you know, an easy, you know, doesn't require a lot of thinking (laughs) read and like, just to have some escape. I mean, that's how I got through high school was reading so many books. Mm-hmm. So much reading happened. And then I went to college and then I became an adult and I'm like, who has time for reading? No one has time, but you I'm going get, to make time.
0: You should get back into like reading
1: mangas. They're like the, the <gasps> little Japanese yes, comic books. Yes, that was the other thing. Ooh, I'm putting that on my birthday wish list, April. <gasps> Audience, I don't know if you guys have a hard time coming up with wish lists, but I struggle so much because I never know what to ask for. And I am like, oh, well, I don't need anything. I'm getting a lot better at it over the last few years. But yes, I should put some manga on my wish list because those are an easy read
0: and they're fun. I know they're so they're so fun the stories are, art. are amazing oh, yeah. the art is fantastic like and depending on like which decade you go back to um now I have some ideas for your thirtieth birthday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes
1: yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotta tap back into that teenage self and get some manga plus you get to read it the like quote-unquote backwards which is really cool yes
0: i know right to left it's great
1: i know like it's like a fun little mind game it's like oh i get to start from the back of the book which is actually the front of the book
0: (laughs) oh my gosh i need to reread some of my manga maybe i'll start doing that again see i think
1: we just came up with a really good idea (gasps) For Uh self care and reading that seems approachable. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yay, us! We did it! (laughs) We did it, everybody. (laughs) This is how a lot of our conversations go, by the
0: way. (laughs) (laughs) And it's me who's like fixates on one thing, like the counselor under your seat. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just can't stop giggling for about 30 minutes. Anyways, (laughs) it's pretty great.
1: I also got to see my parents this weekend. Oh, nice. a week. Oh, God. The time, I, I I have no concept of time anymore. I saw them. It Now is the weekend. <laughs> I saw them during the week. And it was really lovely. We went to a coffee shop and had scones and caught up a little bit while they were in town. And then um, work has slowed down a lot. So that's really nice. And I'm just trying to kind of find... My routine of waking up, having breakfast, doing school,
0: going to work, coming home. (laughs) Uh, My parents are uh, planning for a trip up here in force, like sometime in September. Um, Granted, it's everyone, it's still not a for sure thing because, you know, the pandemic just keeps going on and on and on. And (laughs) It's so funny. Like whenever I have like guests over or I'm going to stay with friends and family, whenever I'm traveling, my limit is three days. And my mom asked me like, how long do you want this there? And I was like, oh, maybe like four or five days because it has been almost two years since I've actually seen my parents in person. And she said, Yeah, that sounds fair because normally I can only stand having company over for three days. And I'm like, Oh my God. You guys are so related. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's true. Like, even if it's like a good friend, like at some point you kind of just want your own space. I mean, it's like, April, you and I are introverts. So it's like, Okay, I've had enough now. (laughs) You can leave. (laughs) just go I need to have my alone time to recharge and reclaim my space
0: (laughs) like it's weird
1: having someone else in your, especially if you have them staying with you at your house or something like I feel like it's always this kind of weird thing of like oh there's someone else in my house right
0: now (laughs) oh oh no I have to present myself in a certain way I'm on top of it 24 7
1: (laughs) right Oh my gosh. I have to close the door when you're in the bathroom. What do you mean I have to share my wine? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Oh man. Um, what do you mean I can't just sit here and watch Netflix? Like, I have to visit? What?
0: <laughs> what do you mean I have to make conversation? We're, Sarah, we're future therapists, that we're talking about what do you mean I have to talk to people? <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it is different. It's our self care. Like, we talk
1: for a living. <laughs> Uh, also, I think counseling I think that's a common misconception. Like I think depending on the type of counseling that you're doing, sometimes the, the client is the person that's doing the majority of the talking and the mm-hmm. counselor's there listening and offering feedback. Um, which I am good at. I'm good at listening. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how I kind of develop my my style as I get further into my classes and
0: um, I I would feel I'm a, I'm a pretty decent listener. It is something that I do need to improve on. The hard part for me is like, if I don't know the really know the person on the other end, and I'm trying to get a read on their body language and their tone of voice. I've been noticing that, especially this past year, helping a client with school. And I'm just like, I, the teacher sounds, do they sound frustrated? Do they sound tired? Are are they neutral? I can't tell because I don't know them as a person, so I try to be their little cheerleader on the other end. yeah, You're doing great. You're doing You're
1: such a great job I think um part of what I didn't realize about counseling, and maybe I did on like an intellectual level, but until I read about it and talked about it in class. It didn't really click with me, but counselors do have to make assumptions and risk being wrong just to kind of like further the Mm -hmm. counseling relationship. And that does mean that sometimes the client will be like, no, that's not how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. or no, that's not actually my perception of what happened. And that's okay because then that will allow the client to tell you what actually Mm -hmm. they're thinking. And yeah, so... You just have to kind of make that leap and say, Okay, this is what I think is going on, you know. Or like I assume
0: this is what's happening. Can you could clarify wrong, but- in yeah. case I'm wrong? Like, you know, always yeah. leaving the ball in their court and making sure like giving them a chance to use their autonomy to be like um actually I'm feeling pretty dang good right now yeah. it's like, oh wow I oh, totally okay. misread that I, well I'm glad you're happy yeah yeah <laughs>
1: or like the uh like I like my counselor will do a lot of like I'm wondering <laughs> dot 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 and we'll say something and I'm like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> It's it's a it's an odd like dance, but it's it's cool and it leads to healing, and, mm-hmm. and I I really like it. Well, we just went on a tangent, I'm April. How sorry. are you doing? <laughs> um,
0: I'm. I actually had a fairly decent week. It's it, not a bad week, but I'm still kind of coasting because I'm trying to find that light at the end of the tunnel for this whole pandemic. They've yeah. come up with a reopening plan A so plan? <laughs> I, I know right uh so by i think it's by canada day which is july 1st they want to have at least 70 percent in manitoba vaccinated
1: oh yes. and then
0: by the following long weekend which is i think the first weekend of august they want to try to have 75% fully vaccinated. Wow, And, and then with that, they'll be like, okay, so the phase one will be 25% capacity in restaurants and stores, unless you're Walmart, because you can do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, who controls <laughs> like, these rules? Really? <laughs> really now like whoever brings in the most money Walmart. Right. Um. And then by phase three, which will be Labor Day weekend, um, it will be hopefully eighty percent fully vaccinated. Then you like full capacity, full everything. We're back to normal and whatever. Yeah. So that I'm trying That's to look good. forward to that, but at the same time, I'm just like I don't want to try to be too optimistic, even though i I do try to be optimistic because yeah. I've been disappointed by this world so many times. I think it's hard because it's been so long now
1: like I remember that optimism that we held that we had you know like 12 months ago and mm-hmm. then it just kept going on and on and on <laughs> and on oh my god! and then vaccines started rolling out and then that was slower than we and t- I mean we knew it was gonna be slow but it's still. Not that slow <laughs> yeah I I will say that it's it's bizarre be living somewhere where the restrictions are easing up and more and more people are being vaccinated. So it's great, but it is a weird thing, like seeing people without masks because you know, the CDC has said if you're fully vaccinated and as long as there aren't other like, you know, certain businesses or like, you know, local governments might decide to keep the mask mandate, but for the most part you can go without one Mm -hmm. and it's weird it's like it's nice like I've started to not wear mine as much in the office because we're all like fully vaccinated and stuff and Mm -hmm. you know we don't get up in each other's faces (laughs) anyway so (laughs) but it is weird I'm like I kind of like wearing a mask in public (laughs) but it is it is kind of nice to feel more comfortable going to more places, like slowly starting to be like, okay, I think I could go visit friends for lunch because we're all vaccinated. And
0: I think I could go do this and that. Mm -hmm. So there's all that with the pandemic. Um, I found out, (laughs) speaking of definitely needing a plan for self-care, I found out I'm working a hundred hours bi-weekly this summer. Ew, yeah. And yeah. I have to leave my house uh at six forty five in the morning so I can be at work by seven thirty in the morning. Lovely. I know. I'm just when the I double everyone a- April
1: is not a morning person. <laughs> I'm
0: not no, no. I've tried so hard. I used to be. Mm. And then I don't know what happened, but now I'm not anymore. <laughs> and so then um I double checked with the family. I was like, Oh yeah, like what time do you need me in the mornings? Um, and she said, 730. And I looked like she can't see my full face, but I looked at her and I was like, You better understand how much I love you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she just busts out laughing she's like, You can have our coffee, April. I was I'm like, it's, say, all are they said. <laughs> it's all worth it. Give me coffee. It's all worth it now. Here, we've got
1: a caffeinate April, so she'll be here at seven thirty.
0: also ran by her like please understand like I am also in school full-time and it's online which is it can be very intense because you don't have that face-to-face feedback and stuff and she said if you need to like bring any school books and like work on it for like a half hour an hour that's fine and I'm like yes good (laughs) like thankfully Thankfully the client is, uh, she can be fairly independent, but I also plan to do lots of activities with her. And then, um, I think I have two weeks off during the summer anyway from school. So that'll yeah. be nice as well. One last thing I was telling my husband, I was like, please understand that when I probably come home from work, I will do my best to do the dishes, but I may need your help. Just Keeping up with some things, yeah. <laughs> and the poor guy, he's just like, "Oh man!" And summer is my busy season too. Like our house will be a disaster it's come a disaster. September. <laughs> Your poor cat's gonna be like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I passed with a solid A minus through my ethical standards class. Yay, yay April yay. applause 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 <laughs> <laughs> and my professor like she was really really nice she would towards the end she was telling me things like you are very articulate you are engaging you are relatable you are this you are that like all the positive things that you could say about a grad student and I just look at the, sc- the computer screen I'm like <laughs> you're lying to me <laughs> 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 me. And that's our way to introduce the topic of imposter syndrome today.
1: Yes, April. Hey. Why didn't you believe her?
0: <laughs> Anxiety is just so real for me. And I know it presents itself differently for everybody. But when people compliment me, you know, I will say to their face like, wow, thank you so much. That is so nice of you to say that. But internally, I'm just like, no, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> no. And my brain will literally come up with a thousand reasons why of why I'm not scholarly or relatable or anything like that. I even got a message from a peer for this new class saying, I love your posts. You are so vulnerable and engaging. And I'm like, I feel like I talk like a, a teenager off of Twitter. <laughs> it's true I'm just like no imposter syndrome (laughs) imposter syndrome so I found an article it's from verywellmind.com and it talks about uh, various mental health issues so what imposter syndrome is It's the internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism (laughs) and the social context. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is so (laughs) me. So essentially what it looks like is the self-doubt, uh, the inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, attributing your success to external factors, berating your performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations. Oh, man. Oh, man. Overachieving. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. No. Sabotaging your own success. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. No. No. <laughs> Hey, April, yeah, did they just
1: like interview us
0: and I know. write this article? <laughs> no, I'm just like, did they like l- were they flies on the wall in our <laughs> upbringing? Did they read our diaries? When up? <laughs> did they
1: <laughs> have they tapped into our phone calls <laughs> <gasps> and Facebook posts? <laughs> no, yeah, it sucks it really, it really does. sucks because then it does place you in this position of self-doubt and here you are receiving some really beautiful feedback from a class that you know you kind of struggled with and you were having a hard time like dealing with these case studies and everything it really challenged you and you received this lovely feedback and you're like are you for real, Professor?
0: <laughs> did you read the did same thing read that I wrote?
1: My or did, <laughs> are you? Did you accidentally <laughs> give feedback to the wrong student?
0: That's what I literally thought. I'm like, are you? Are you I, I think you mixed me with somebody else. Aw, <laughs> oh, damn. So, and even with like something stupid, like playing a video game. Trust me, I love video games, but bear with me i've been playing halo with my husband that's something he loved when he was growing up and it's something i couldn't stand because on my based on my own experiences with it but i've been playing the co-op mode with him and it was a great time and he's just like you're so good at this game and i'm like really are you sure and he's like girl i'm dying more than you are i'm like you are and then finally when something goes wrong towards the very end the most difficult part of the game and i'm just like god damn it <laughs> and then guess, the perfectionist yes. side comes out like i'm such a failure <laughs> at and life
1: he's probably looking at you like girl this is the hardest part <laughs> no, everyone has a hard time with it
0: <laughs> and he's like here let's let's switch what work are doing oh no i almost knocked over my microphone
1: oh my god oh, no in.
0: microphone issues this week we no
1: please decided oh, no. no microphone issues
0: no mic. i just need a mic that you have where it's like it's actually like right in front of my face instead of like on the table where i can easily go knock it off yeah yeah
1: yeah i yeah that imposter syndrome is so wild and it's unless You start to, at least you've acknowledged that that's what's going on. So good job, April. Thank you. (laughs) You've identified that that's, that's the point that you need to work on because it's only going to potentially get worse as you enter this professional field. I know. I know where you're going to be hopefully respected and you're gonna have this degree and credentials and everything so you have to make sure that you are not doubting yourself because that could impact your work you know Mm -hmm. and how you serve your clients and obviously you wouldn't want your clients to self, you know, to doubt themselves and their abilities. Mm-hmm. Cause would you say the same thing about your clients? No.
0: No. <laughs> In fact, I could probably point out really quickly, like I think the imposter syndrome is really hitting you today, my dear. And he'd be like, Oh, you're right. Like it's that meme where my, my, th- mental health is just crashing and burning but when I'm giving advice about mental health I'm very stoic and poetic and right I know what I'm talking about right (laughs) oh my gosh have you had any uh experiences with the imposter syndrome either in your education or professional being
1: I mean yeah like it's popped up for me, you know i I really tend to focus on if I make a mistake or if i don't do something as well as I could have done and and this could even be like a self perceived mistake <laughs> like it might not even really be that big of it usually isn't that big of a deal. But, like, I'll just perseverate on it and, like, I just keep thinking about it and I keep feeling terrible because I'm like, oh, I should have handled that so much differently. Like, why did I do it that way? And then, like, it just becomes this, like, huge ball of anxiety for me. And then when I finally, like, in the past, like, spoken to, like, a supervisor or whatever about whatever it was that happened and I'm like oh my gosh I feel so terrible and sometimes I cry like I've cried in supervisors offices because Mm -hmm. I'm like I just feel so terrible and they just look at me and they're like uh Sarah (laughs) like you did the best you could like (laughs) then you're like no I did not don't (laughs) lie to me um yeah so it's something that I've been working on it's really hard (laughs) obviously Because it's it's a deep rooted issue. It goes back to childhood, potentially. You know, like where I was. I felt I felt that I always had to be doing my absolute best and working my absolute hardest, and asking for help was something that was looked as a weakness, Um, or at least that's how I perceived my family values growing up and uh so now as an adult like I've had to shift my idea this idea of like asking for help is actually a strength and if I'm struggling that much like I don't have to struggle alone like I can reach out for help and say like hey did I do this right like can I get some help on it yeah
0: and to the point of asking for help like I also really struggled with it as well, asking for help because it was, especially in the school setting, it was perceived as this annoyance. Like we've gone over this twice April. Why do you still not understand how to subtract in fourth grade? Um, yeah, that's how bad my educational experience was is that I literally could not focus. I would daydream all the time. I would, Stare out into the wilderness like, oh, I really wish I could watch TV right now. (laughs) Yeah. I really wish I had a slice of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And just the whole entire um, asking for help, it was asking for help, like, you know, once I got into community college, it was you you they tell you no it's okay to ask for help like not everyone uh, knows algebra not everyone is like mentally equipped to that it's like the artistic brain versus the logical right. brain right and how okay it's okay to ask for help and i would tell myself over and over again but in the workplace it was treated the exact opposite and, but then the same people who would not help me when I would ask for help, uh, then they would be like, why didn't you ask for help April? Like, I remember one I time, one... I could, <laughs> <laughs> I did. And you said, no, I remember one time I asked for help. I might go into this in the future. I don't know, but it was a really horrible situation working with a client in a school. And the school asked for us and me to come in and help and help remedy the situation of what was going on. And it was so bad because the school would keep feeding into the client's behaviors and reinforcing them. And I went to my supervisor for this and I was like, this has gotten so bad I'm getting nowhere. I'm constantly hitting roadblocks that the school is placing up. I don't know why I'm there. Like, yeah, the money is okay, but like, that's. You're not actually making any progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I would much rather be in a career where I can make progress with people. And she just shrugged me off. Like, well, I'm sorry. It is the way it is. And I'm not kidding when I say a couple months after that happened, she herself had to go into the school because the child literally kicked in my coworker's knee to the point where she needed surgery. Awful. And so then my supervisor had to come in and he was great on her first day there. And the next day the claws came out. (laughs) That was a quick honeymoon period. (laughs) That was a very fast honeymoon period. And I went in, and she pulled me inside. She was like, oh "I my am, God. S- I am so sorry that I didn't listen to you when you asked for help." And I was like, "Thank and you." I, yeah. I said thank you, and I asked her in the future when can you believe me? <laughs> can can and can you believe me? But when someone asks for help, like I told her, I'm literally the kind of person who doesn't ask for help, and when I ask for it, I fucking mean it. Yeah like you need need it really bad like I, it's just a point where i probably should have asked like a week like, ago yeah <laughs> at least at least but i will literally go through every avenue possible right and if it wow. still don't work
1: <laughs> please help i me. thought okay so this story reminded me of a time where i felt imposter syndrome and i think it's a beautiful example so i don't think i've mentioned on this podcast yet but i was homeschooled from fourth through seventh grade so i went to public school kindergarten through third grade homeschooled fourth through seventh and then public school eighth grade on um so when i decide i made the decision and my parents supported me in going back to public school Um, So that was like the end of my seventh grade year where I was like, hey, I think I'm ready to go back. Um, One of the main things is I was really struggling with learning math in pre-algebra. And I really, really wanted instruction from like a public school teacher who specialized in math. (laughs) Um, So I started classes in eighth grade. And... Prior to the beginning of the school year, I had to take like a math placement test to see which math class I fit into. Like, should I go into pre-algebra or should I go to Algebra 1? And where my test scores put me was like right in the middle. So they're like, well, we'll let you decide. So you can either do pre-algebra again, because I did like pre-algebra in seventh grade while I was homeschooled, or you can advance to Algebra 1. So I, of course, had very shaky confidence in math and so I'm like well I'm gonna do pre-algebra because I feel like I didn't understand it and I feel like algebra one would just be like you know too much to handle at this point well I get into like the first couple weeks of pre-algebra and I'm like acing everything like I 100% on my homework and the quizzes and everything and the teacher pulls me aside and because you know she knew that I had this decision to make and she's like I think you're actually ready for algebra one. Like, you know, it'll be obviously more challenging and you probably won't get the hundred percents on all the, on the homework because you'll actually have to like, you know, learn new concepts, but she's like, I think you're ready for it. And I'm like, really, really? (laughs) you know? And so that like imposter syndrome popped up but i i i trusted her at least you know i trusted her opinion and she was the teacher for algebra one as well so i knew that she would understand my situation and provide support so i switched classes which meant i kind of had to switch around some of my others you know, class schedule to fit in Algebra 1, but I started Algebra 1, and I I think I ended up with a B in the class, so, like, I didn't ace it, but, you know, I did really well, and I learned a lot, and that allowed me to um, take Algebra 2 as a freshman in high school and kind of, you know, uh, advance my way through. i I stopped at pre-calculus though in my junior year, because by the time I got to my senior year, I did not care about math anymore. (laughs) And I decided to do running start. So I'm like, I'm not going to become a physicist or anything crazy like that. So (laughs) I don't think I need calculus. Um, But uh, the story I'm getting to actually is that eighth grade year. I was riding home on the school bus, and I come from a very small rural community, small high school and everything, So, uh, and a small middle school. So my middle school class, there were probably like 80 to 90 students or something in eighth grade, and uh, grew up with all of my neighbor kids, like we all grew up the same time. Right. So like, even though I wasn't really friends with this neighbor down the street, like I, we knew each other and we were the same school bus and his name is Ryan and he, Ryan and I are on the school bus and like just kind of chatting. And I don't remember how this came up at all. I don't remember. I don't remember if I was talking about me switching math classes or what the heck I was talking about, but he made this statement, like Sarah, you do know that we all think that you're really, really smart. And I just kind of like sat there and absorbed that. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, like you're super smart in all of our classes. And I just felt, I was like, you can't be serious. (laughs) Like that's not right. Because... In my homeschool groups that I was a part of, like, I we did these, like, co-op classes where a bunch of homeschool families would come together and teach all the kids geography and different topics. Like, I was never at the top of my classes in, in the, that setting. Uh, there were some wickedly smart kids that were homeschooled in that group. And I was always towards, like, the middle, like, grade-wise. And looking back now as an adult like you know there are a lot of reasons for why I was in the middle of the class one of them being because they didn't separate us by grade like it was like fourth through high school kids all learning the same material and having the same homework I'm like well no duh like I was just an I felt like I was a very average student. And then once I went into eighth grade in public school, like I had already learned a lot of that material the year before. And so, yeah, all the classes were super easy for me. And so I presented as a very smart, intelligent eighth grader mm-hmm. who was absolutely shocked that my neighbor down the street, Ryan was like, yeah, you know, you're
0: really smart. And I'm like, but And it's, it's weird too, because I'm sure our podcast is very young and I'm sure we're going to have a whole episode about love languages, Mm. but my love language is for sure words of affirmation, which is strange because of my imposter syndrome. You want to hear them, but you don't believe it. yes. Yes. And I think if it comes from a teacher and telling me of how well I'm doing and if obviously please don't do that every single day because then I really won't believe you but if it's every once in a while I'll be like you are doing great here's some ways you can improve um then I would genuinely genuinely start believing oh I can do this Okay, so this is the trick in school.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, does that article say how to overcome imposter syndrome? Let us look. I mean, I think you're on to something, though. Like, receiving, starting to receive feedback that's positive, like, and just kind of maybe getting comfortable receiving that. Like, it's going to, like, kind of maybe... Make you push back against it, but I think since you have this awareness that this is what's going on in your brain, at least you can like kind of check that at the door and be like, "No, this, t- this teacher is actually giving me feedback. If mm-hmm. I wasn't doing well, they would say
0: something, and my grades <laughs> would reflect it." Yeah, but then the whole entire, almost like a disappointed parent. I'm just disappointed in you, April. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> then the perfectionist is like. Eh. Um, so it does have a section on coping. Um, I think this would be the hardest part is the initial steps of learning how to cope with it. Um, the article says, you have to start asking yourself the tough questions, example of what core beliefs do I hold about myself? Yes. Do I believe I am worthy of love as I am? And must I be perfect for others to approve of me? Ooh, that's heavy. It's very, very heavy. And I can understand why people don't, either don't ask themselves the question or won't ask themselves those questions because it's a way to protect yourself as you are.
1: Yeah. And you don't want to have to like dig up those early memories that implanted this imposter syndrome in you and this belief that you're not good enough like I think that's the hard part is like deep down you have a feeling that you're not doing a good job and that you're not good enough and you always have to be working hard to prove yourself and then once you do prove yourself you're like I did no, know. <laughs> know that's not right
0: <laughs> are you sure
1: <laughs> I don't So, so yeah, like you, you do have to like identify that that's this core belief. Like, what are these core beliefs that are fueling this imposter syndrome? Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: and and how can you shift that belief? And uh, it all comes down to doing your own work,
0: really. So, thankfully, in this same article is uh it does give a list of things to try after you ask the ha- the hard questions um so it some of them is like take baby steps in what you do so uh you know don't focus on doing things perfectly but rather do things reasonably well and reward yourself for taking action you know treat yourself
1: Treat yourself.
0: Um, another everyone needs to watch Parks and Recreation.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: April and I use it all the time. Treat yourself, April. <laughs> Treat yourself. Um, another one is, and I know everyone. If you are still listening to this, use social media moderately. Yeah, and if you don't use it, don't get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Because then you uh referring back to our social media ep- episode, you are constantly comparing yourself to others, like I did this to myself all the time where when I was in community college, and I'm seeing people our age getting married, and oh they're are all- already having kids um or they're getting ready for their wedding, or they would brag about how wonderful they're boyfriend is or whatever and then trips to uh like kawaii or some other place that's like oh i want to go to there Mm -hmm. 30 rock is another one people watch (laughs) it (laughs) another one uh that i tried to do that i really started doing this in community college was sharing how i was feeling and really trying my best to articulate these feelings, but I only shared them with certain people. Um, I have a hard time sharing my feelings with family most of the time. There are certain friends where I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how I'm feeling about this because I know you will completely either dismiss my feelings or you know, make a joke out of it or something. So share your feelings about and if when you verbalize your irrational beliefs out loud it's like releasing them into the universe and then you can really focus on it and be like that's silly yeah it's like
1: because if you kind of keep holding on to it it just like it, it seeps into your like everyday thinking, you know, and affects you. And, and, and once you kind of like get it out and identify it, you can work to move past it.
0: Another example I thought of of imposter syndrome is PE was not my best friend K through 12. <laughs> Physical education. How are we related, April? (laughs) I don't know. How are, how can this be? Um, You don't like physical education? What? What? And in early 2019, I was like, I really need to make some changes. So I started eating a bit better. um, And I almost, I went to the gym almost every single day for two months straight. And I would still go from time to time during that year um, because my schedule was consistent. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym after work and drink a lot of water. This is going to be my exercise routine. And I had convinced myself for so long based on how I was treated in K through six um, that I wasn't capable of doing certain things in the gym. I wasn't capable of running a mile I'm not, I'm still not a runner. I'm not good at it. I don't know. I don't know why this sounds really stupid, but I'm verbalizing it out into the universe. So maybe someone will understand me. I don't know how to breathe when I'm running. (laughs) It's so hard.
1: It's It's one of those things where I'm always like admiring those people who are runners, you know, and I'm like, oh, you go running. Like, it sounds like such an easy way to get some exercise. You just go outside and go take a run. And every time I try it, it does not work out well.
0: I had some uh, personal training sessions and while it did kick my butt, like the way my body is and the way my acid reflux is, is that I have to take my time exercising. And that doesn't mean like, okay, I'm going to lift one weight rest for 10 minutes. I mean like, okay, how about a couple of sets of lifting weights and then like take a breather, stretch yeah, it out, do something else. Yeah. And then focus on something else and then do cardio like on the elliptical or maybe walking on the treadmill or on an exercise bike for a half hour. Yeah. And then when, during one of my personal training sessions, like she had worked me so hard. I love Amber Anytime Fitness (laughs) in Manitoba. You're so great. I love you so much. But she pushed me so much to the point where I was about to throw up and we weren't even done with the full second set. And so she's like, did you eat anything before? I'm like, oh yeah. Like I ate like a half hour before I was supposed to be here. Okay, so how much water? I've had like two full things of water already today. She's like, oh, maybe it's just your acid reflex and the way your body's just built. And I was like, really? Oh, <laughs> and, oh, that's what's going on. So that's why you try to take things a little bit slower. I'm like, yes, because it is so uncomfortable <laughs> in the pain. Oh my God. I think April, we should have...
1: A podcast episode dedicated to fitness and well-being because yeah I've got a lot to say about that too but I mean when it comes down to it like I, we haven't been taught to like honor our own bodies or our feelings or un- like to understand that like we have to approach life differently sometimes you know like I don't know it's so bizarre like <laughs> I hope it changes. I hope we can advocate for some change in like childhood experiences because it's created I think a
0: generation of very insecure people. <laughs> it's true. Um and this is where I was getting at towards the end of the story is that she also had me like the platforms that you jump onto. Yeah. Well, I really had to start with baby steps because the smallest platform is like 20 inches high. I yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And yeah. and she thought, oh, because of your long legs, like surely. I'm like, no, because oh. I'm going to hurt myself and I can't afford to hurt myself. <laughs> you know, but, but, and, 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 um, and so I started out with baby steps. So I was about four risers high, which is really not that big of a deal to some people, but I was able to eventually get to, um, six and I uh, immediately started crying because it's like, I can do this. Holy shit. I can do this. And it's just this weight (laughs) gym pun
1: weight (laughs) off of
0: my shoulders, (laughs) And it yeah. felt so good. That's awesome. I know. And now I need taste. to start over again. Because so, gym is not open and uh, my know. schedule is not consistent right now. Yeah. I think it is. It's
1: just a matter of having like little experiences. And because then you can draw on that when that like feeling of self-doubt comes up again. You'd be like, oh, but wait. That one time at the gym, <laughs> I was able to jump higher <laughs> each and every time before, I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think also this episode really ties back into authenticity as well oh, yeah. that we were talking about and just trying to learn to honor yourself and believe in yourself and it's really hard but you it really is
0: it. I literally <laughs> talked about authenticity in my school discussion boards and I'm like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I've already talked about this so I kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh
1: well Let us know on our social media if you enjoyed this episode, if you connect with um, these feelings of imposter syndrome, self doubt, um, not accepting. Feedback, (laughs) positive feedback. (laughs) Well, (laughs) not believing. (laughs) Um, And and maybe if you've had experiences where you've worked through it and have some good tips for people, we could share that as well. Um, And we hope everybody has a good week.
0: Yes, have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you all next week. (laughs) Love you later.